You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. Hello, Forefront fam. I am so excited to be with you again. While COVID shenanigans prevent us from being together in person, I am deeply grateful for the ways in which digital tools allow us to be in community together again today. So my today in recording and your today in watching may be different, but the beauty present in these tools and in the family of God means that what we share transcends time, space and circumstance. Um, I can keep going and I definitely will, but before I get into things, I want to pray a simple prayer over our time um, together and the words that I'll share with you all today. Um, God, be with me, be with us, and be in this, amen. So, in preparing for our time together, I sat with some holy text. I looked at this week's lectionary scripture um, to see if anything hopped out at me. I sat with the words that your pastors shared with me um, when they invited me into the space. I sat with the lyrics from my favorite song from the iconic 1991 film, The Five Heartbeats. And I sat with some wisdom from Twitter, like a good millennial. (laughs) Um, A friend of mine said something a few days ago that just was really resonant with me. And I felt that I should bring it into um, what it is that I share today. So my experience of God and of the universe motivates me to consider the invisible threads that run between different things as I think through how everything is connected. And as I sit with that understanding, the gravity of our present, of this moment that we find ourselves in, um, it makes me sit with the knowledge that we can do something about the things that break our hearts and the things that break God's heart. And so I'm here today to remind us that we have work to do in ourselves, in our world, and, and in our church. And while the forms this work will take on differ for each of us, I feel really, really moved to draw our attention to the following truth. Regardless of what we do and where we go, to engage the work of sustainably seeking justice in the world, we must make room to build resilience and to cultivate rest. We got to do it. So because this is a sermon, it makes sense for me to turn to the scriptures for an example. And it just so happens that this week's gospel lectionary um, provides a really good example of both rest and resilience. And so for that, I turn to Matthew 14. So Matthew 14, 13 through 21 is probably best known for the telling of the five fish and 
two loaves, miraculous feeding of the 5,000, right? Many of us have heard this. Um, I remember seeing it in my like children's Bible. Um, it's like, this miraculously happened. Um, and we'll talk about that a, a little bit later. Um, it's important. Um, but I think the thing that's really critical to pay attention to in this story um, is what happens at the beginning. Um, and paying attention to seemingly insignificant details allows for you to see things that you'd otherwise miss. Um, that's actually been like one of my favorite things about like reading the scriptures lately is being taught how to look for things that seem like they're not a big deal, but actually end up being major or potentially major. So the beginning of the passage says this. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. And that, um, that is Matthew 14, 13. Um, it's the New Living Translation. So on the front half of this verse, we see Jesus press pause on the world to, to catch his breath and rest but we actually have to zoom out a little bit to actually figure out like why this was necessary. Um, so looking at the first part of Matthew helps us see that Jesus just like just found out that John the Baptist was arrested, incarcerated, executed, and posthumously brutalized, um, absolutely brutalized by a, a shallow evil ruler. The same rulers whose intentions and attentions were now sat on him um, because he recognized the power that John operated in um, was also present in Jesus's ministry. The ruler I'm talking about is Herod. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a lot to take in. I want to push you to consider like what Jesus was feeling in that moment his homie cousin comrade was dead and the guy who killed him now had his eyes on him like could you imagine like what that felt like i know i would need to get away correction i have had to get away um as has many others because jesus's story and the pain here overlaps with our own so many of us have seen our beloveds arrested. We've lost our dear ones to the lethal combination of fragile egos and guns. We've tended to the emotional, spiritual, and physical wounds of our people who've been brutalized by the states, by institutions which include the church, and even by those who they lived and walked alongside every day. We've seen this. And this sort of exposure to the violence that justice employs is traumatic. And sometimes the significance of the trauma we bear witness to, sometimes that requires that we find or make time for our rest. And as I say this, I know I'm speaking about a complicated concept or complicated concepts because neither rest nor time are honestly easy things to conceive of. Plenty of us don't have loads of free time to work with. And even more of us have no idea of what it means to rest. We just we don't. 
I know this is a thing that I struggle with. Um, and my work and relationships let me know that plenty other people in the world do too. Like lots of people struggle with rest um, and making time for things like rest. Um, and so this is why it's important for me to look to the scriptures and see that Jesus had the wisdom to stop doing what he was doing in the middle of a demanding ministry, right? Like Jesus was in demand. He was a very popular man. Um, but he made the time to tend to himself, his feelings, his body, and his spirit as he processed this information that something world-altering had happened. Like Jesus, he, he got it. So we don't know what Jesus did. We don't. We just know that he prioritized doing it. The scripture says that he was alone, so we don't know if he cried or raged out or sat in meditative silence or prayed or cussed at God. We don't know. All we do know is that he took time for himself. We know that he made time for himself. We all have things that we need to, to do when we need to process a rest. Jesus sat on a boat for an unspecified amount of time. Sometimes I watch YouTube clips of things that make me happy. So <laughs> I'm going to be telling on myself. But sometimes I nerd out to uh, Star Wars commentary. Um, or I'll like sit in awe as people make pottery. Like um, that's more of an Instagram thing than it is a YouTube um, other times I'll watch people sing acoustic covers that help me press pause, like for two to 25 minutes, doing things like this help me press pause on the world. Laying down and listening to ocean sound waves lets me be present to the rage, the grief, the stress, anxiety, and exhaustion that are present in my body. And it helps me attune to the ways in which a world, this world is hostile to me in the, the fullness of who I am as a queer black woman. I've learned that if I don't cultivate pockets of rest, even tiny ones, it's impossible for me to cultivate resilience in anything. Like, I can't do it. Um, least of all, my work to cry out for justice. There's only so much you can do if you're too tired to do it. So I have a question for you. What practices or processes do you engage that invite you to rest or recover strength? How much time do they take? How have you employed them in the season? If you don't yet have practices, that's okay. You, you can like reach out to the people around you. It may be a good look to connect with folks in the congregation or in your other communities to figure out what sorts of things you can do to renew your energy and reset your spirit in order for you to do whatever it is that you need to do in the world. So I know as a congregation, y'all have done a, a lot of work to become an anti-racist, anti-oppressive space and people. And 
that is work that takes a lot, a lot of endurance and resilience. I'm gonna give it to you straight because I don't know how else to give it. You will limit your efficacy if as individuals and as a collective, if you don't figure out how rest becomes a part of your justice-seeking work. It, like You are absolutely gonna limit your efficacy. Part of that is because rest is a form of resistance to systems of dominance that push us to prioritize productivity and profit over people. That's part of it. When we rest, we are able to see the possibilities available to us that our weariness, our stress, objectives, and benchmarks may otherwise obscure. So I'm going to circle back to the scripture and suggest that perhaps the reason Jesus headed out on that boat, feeling his feels and doing whatever he needed to do to be alone for however long it took him to do, is how he was able to gather the strength to step out of the boat and resume his ministry. Those of us who have friends and accomplices who get targeted and have been harmed by systems and the systems that we're fighting against, we, and I'm gonna say we, um, we intimately know what Jesus did isn't easy, but I believe that whatever he did on that boat helped him hop out and keep on healing the masses. I think it's fair to suggest that he wasn't the only person who was nursing a broken heart or anger or fear in hearing John's death because the baptizer, John the Baptist, he was a popular guy too. He was a minister who helped a lot of people see that they too could be a part of the present coming kingdom of God. Sure, some of the people who were tracking the boat's movement were there to receive healing. I just wonder how many of those folks who were waiting for Jesus were doing so because they were disheartened and wondering what they could do in light of a beloved leader and community member dying when they felt that they needed him and his vision the most. Looking at these things together helped me see that the miracle in the feeding of the 5,000 might not have just been, pre been present in the thousands of people sharing what they had, but it might have been also present in the reality that after Jesus rested, he initiated work that let an untold number of people eat, rest, and reflect on who and what they just lost. Jesus, Jesus's work allowed them to sit with the grief that was very much present to them. And it helped them communally consider what the future may hold or maybe what it needed to hold for them. And as I let my imagination take over and allow my mind to think about that scene, I hear the holy edifying words of we haven't finished yet that song from the five heartbeats um ministering to the people ministering over the people now i'm not gonna sing that's not gonna be a thing that happens today but i will speak these words some people run at the first sign of stormy weather 
Some people hold on and work it out together. I believe in you, you believe in me. The rainbow ahead may be hard to see. We gotta hang on to this dream, don't let go. No matter how hard it gets, we haven't finished yet. There's so much of life ahead, we got so much to do. Friends, I know this season is rugged, I know. We're losing people to COVID and a myriad of violences. We're doing the work of protesting the ever-rising tides of fascism, white supremacy, other modes of racialized bias, and police brutalities in the streets, from our homes, and in our most intimate relationships. We are having to fight for our rights alongside those of our loves and complete strangers, while also doing the work of quickly learning new things and having to resist falling apart when we screw up because of our ignorance or inexperience. It's a lot. And I will acknowledge that a lotness because it's important that we validate that truth. I, like many others, have constrictions in what I can do, but that doesn't stop me from sharing this message with you, reminding you of the importance and necessity of rest. I, I just can't stress that y'all gotta rest. You have to. And with that, I will speak these words over y'all one last time. I believe in you. You believe in me. The rainbow ahead may be hard to see. We gotta hang on to this dream, don't let go. No matter how hard it gets, we haven't finished yet. There's so much of life ahead, we got so much to do. Peace be with you as you do what you must to press on. May God and those who love you be present with and to you as you do what you can to renew and rest your bodies, minds, and spirits. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.